So continuing our discussion of Ramana Sambad. I'm Chaitanya Charitamrita. And we heard in our last class that Mahabhabhu rejected the proposal of Ramananda, which Ramananda supported by way of citing both the Bhagavatam verse and the Gita verse that said the same thing, a verse from the Bhagavad Gita and a verse from the Uddhava Gita that uh, speak about foregoing the uh, commitments to the uh, the karma marg, the ordinary religious uh, path within the Varnashram, sometimes called the Dharma marg, not to be confused with our eternal Dharma, um, as we ended with a, a question on that issue. Um, foregoing that and taking shelter of Krishna with emphasis on foregoing the karma. Hmm? Um, karma means action, and these mean certain prescribed actions, even actions in which the fruits are offered to Krishna. Since Mahabhabhu termed this all external, Ramananda said, well, let's just give up the external then, hmm? that which is external, take shelter of Krishna. Of course, the verse from the Gita and the Bhagavatam are famous verses, the verse from the Gita particularly so, and it's, it's obviously uh, in, interpreted and understood in a particular way by the devotees, but it lends itself to other understandings as well. And it's somewhat of another understanding that Ramananda um, um, has in mind when he cites it, and as a result, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu determines, declares that it's external and it doesn't hold um, his interest. Hmm? From a devotional point of view, of course, the idea is that um, from the, this is from the perspective of Shuddha Bhakti, Uttam Bhakti, the Gita verse, that, well, you, you give up the Dharma Marg, the Karma Marg, which is involved in petitioning different gods and goddesses, for example, and, and uh, that for uh, material gain, material elevation, acquisition, and so forth, or even, for that matter, um, for gaining knowledge by way of performing the actions without attachment to the results. Mm-hmm. Um, foregoing that and just taking shelter of Krishna, and in the context of tel- taking shelter of Krishna, uh, expressing ourselves and uh, our faith in him in the form of Sharanagati that takes six shapes mm-hmm, of accepting that which is favorable to bhakti and what? Rejecting, what's not favorable. Rejecting that which is not favorable and to uh, accept that Krishna is my protector, Krishna is my maintainer, hmm? to um, uh, kind of a self-resignation under Krishna, hmm? and dainyam, uh, um, hmm? uh, humility. So, uh, 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 this is, Rupa Goswami has explained, an anga or limb of Uttam Bhakti. Hmm? So we, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll take it in that way. And in doing so, we take it as a, as a beginning entrance into Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? Shuddha Bhakti is entered into on the basis of what? Namaruchi. What makes one eligible? 
to proceed on the path of sadhana bhakti, what qualifies one? Having three heads, having knowledge, having a clean heart, what? Faith, shraddha. Hmm? So Krishna says, of course, you give up the Dharma mark, you're giving up the faith in all in that. Hmm? And 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 that by performing that, you know, I'll cover my bases and so forth. Um, and just have faith in him is the implication by taking shelter of him. I often uh, explain that the Govardhan Leela, where Krishna lifts Govardhan Hill and everybody comes under his shelter and so forth, is the entire Leela is illustrating this principle of Sharanagati. They give up the worship of Indra hmm? and the thought that they're dependent upon him for the rains and so on and so forth, and just take shelter of Krishna. And as you've seen from that Leela and as you know, the whole of the Vrindavan comes under the hill there, except for those who live on the top, who, which pops above the clouds and <laughs> doesn't get rained on. <clears throat> so <laughs> Krishna is perfectly capable of protecting and maintaining. Gopritve varanamtata means accepting Krishna as my maintainer, and Rakshikshatitvishpashvo means accepting that, having the confidence that Krishna will protect me. Both of these have been um, conceived of by different uh, acharyas at different times, either one or the other, as being the central um, focus, the svaruplakshan, the principal characteristic of sharanagati. Hmm? And they're, they're, they're similar, but there's a nuanced uh, difference. Um, so, having faith, shraddha, Faith is not intangible, invisible. It has its external expression. Hmm? We often say that faith animates, so we move according to our faith. So we can understand a person's faith by their by their movements. And the Gita Krishna says, "Shraddha ayam purushaha." A person is their faith. <clears throat> so faith in bhakti is how much we have. It'll be manifested by our. Um, uh, Sharanagati, our surrender is very practical. These are tied together. And as we progress in bhakti, of course, in sadhana bhakti, in the stage of ruchi, this Sharanagati is very much uh, in place. Hmm? And so, tangible experience from the other side it characterizes that um, stage, higher stages of um, sadhana bhakti, ruchi, and asakti. And then one graduates from the sadhana bhakti into bhava bhakti. So, this is in brief, very brief, of course, how we tend to look at this important verse from the Gita, but not everybody that reads the Gita um, has the same reading, and that will depend upon their sanskar. If they have a gyan sanskar, karma sanskar, political sanskar, hmm, they'll have a reading. Gandhi had a political sanskar version of the Gita, and... Uh, there are many uh, persons with gyan samskar and sadhus of gyan marg hmm, who look at it in a certain way. And so this verse to them means that you transcend the karma marg by taking sannyas. Hmm. And, um, and sannyas is a limb or an anga of gyan. It's not a limb of bhakti. We don't find in the limbs of bhakti that are described 
bhakti being the body and the self, Krishna bhakti having various limbs, um, which are the different various practices. You don't find in the 64 practices that Rupa Goswami is given, taking sannyas is one of them. Hmm? But the spirit of giving oneself entirely to Krishna, which results incidentally as giving up everything else, hmm? that is more or less the sum and substance of the, uh, the, the uh, sannyas. But it's actually a formal limb of the, if you will, of the Gyan Marg. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas from the Gyan lineage. Of course, he, he first said to Keshava Bharati, I think this is the mantra you're going to give me, and this is the meaning, right? And he gave him a Vaishnava meaning of it. So, in effect, he initiated his sannyas guru into the sannyas meaning from a Vaishnava perspective, and then he took the mantra from him. Hmm? So, um, these are beautiful, um, charming uh, insights into the Leela and so forth. But we have to, we can't be overly like, there's no sannyas in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. So, these guys running around like sannyasis, they're deviants from Gaudiya Sampradaya. Chaitanya Dev himself took sannyas and uh, Prabodhananda Saraswati was a sannyasi and, and so on and so forth. Bhaktisiddhanta kind of created a sannyas lineage with a view to establish a, a, a not a lineage, but an order hmm, of Gaudiya Vaishnava monks. He called them Jivantamardanga, living drums. He called the printing press the Brihatmardanga, the big, big, big drum. If you give a drum for kirtan, it can be heard a few blocks, but the printing press can be heard around the world. And he called his sannyasi disciples jivantamaran, living drums who would go everywhere and embody the teaching and so forth and uh, sound off, if you will, for for Krishna. So this is um, um, perfectly ac- acceptable um, uh, innovation for outreach and and so on and so forth. Um, we don't think about it in the same way that they, the, the jnani sannyasi thinks about taking sannyas uh, so forth. So at any rate, here, um, Mahaprabhu was rejected this not on the basis of a, of a, 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 a kind of a, a Gaudiya and Bhakti understanding of the verse, but rather on the basis of perhaps an understanding that was more readily out and about at the time, as I say, as far as we know at that time, there were no Gaudiya commentaries on the Gita. The first commentary that we know of in our lineage is that of Vishwanath Chakrabhati Thakur, followed by Baladeva Vidyabhushan, and then centuries later we have Thakur Bhaktivinoda and um, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur did not write. One of his disciples, Tirtha Maharaj, wrote a commentary. Um, and, of course, um, uh, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj and uh, Maharaj, Pujapad Bhakti Prabhupada and so on and so forth. So um, we have much to say about the Gita. But at the time, Advaita in Navadvipa was teaching Bhagavad Gita and speaking on it from a devotional perspective. This is explained in Chaitanya Bhagavad, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, but this is a new kind of lineage, if you will. It's forming in conjunction with the appearance of the deity that presides over it, who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is oh, about 60, 70, 80 years after his appearance and 
and it's a book that tries to successfully kind of ties together what is and what isn't orthodox Gaudi Vaishnavism as taught by the Vrindavan Goswamis who were instructed um, schooled personally by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and commissioned to write the books for the Sampradaya and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, um, the understanding of this famous verse that Mahaprabhu was rejecting is an understanding that uh, is not unreasonable. Basically, it says, give up the Dharma. Sarva Dharma and Pratyaja Sanyasa is about giving up Sanyas. Hmm? So, give up Sang, Sang, things, everything. Yes, to give it up, hmm? leave it behind. So, you see, it has a negative connotation. Bhakti always has a positive connotation, and negative is kind of a byproduct of that. In our sannyas, when we take sannyas in, in the in the line of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, then our uh, sannyas guru gives us a verse that um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would chant as a Vaishnava sannyasi from the eleventh canto of the Bhagavatam, hmm? uh, uh, and uh, there the key uh, phrase is Paratmanishtam. Hmm? So it it it, uh, it there's a story of, of the Brahman in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam who took sannyas. And so, so it's Bhagavatam-based, and it's, uh, it's a giving up of the world based on an accepting of and firm faith in service to Bhagavan. So the giving up is kind of a byproduct of the positive. The negative is a byproduct of the positive. Accepting service to, uh, to the Paramatma, to Krishna, to Bhagavan. So, um, nonetheless, uh, the overt meaning, sannyas, is, is it's a positive negative at the same time, giving up that which is burdensome and taking you, as I often say, into negative numbers and coming to the wholeness of, of, of zero, the indeterminate experience of consciousness, the nirvishesh, the undifferentiated experience of consciousness. This is your non-theistic uh, mystic's general experience and report. Report back to the world. This is my experience. I am consciousness. Consciousness is undifferentiated. There's a, there's a field, unified field of consciousness. It's the ground of being. And I'm that. I'm so identified with it that I feel it, I am that, I am consciousness. There's a universal mind or intelligence, something like this. this, is what they report back. I talked in some of our earlier discussions about how there is external evidence that we find in the mystics that um, tends to make their internal subjective testimony as to what their experience is and description of it credible in that the external evidence in the form of their character hmm, is otherworldly, having risen above their passions and biases and seeing people equally, um, and really so. Hmm. Um, you know, you talk about that person enough, people say, that sounds good, where is he? Where is she? If we could meet one, it would be great. But the rarity of such persons does not make... Um, the phenomena any less um, 
true. We say at the onset, Manusyanam Sahasri Shu Kaschin Yatarisidaye, Yatatam Apisidhanam Kaschin Mam Beti Tapata. One in a million will be interested in the subject. Out of millions of those, one may pursue perfection. Out of millions of those, one may know. And Bhagavatam says what? Kotisvapi, Mahamune, Narayana Parasa. Muktanam apisidhanam kaschinmaam veti tatpataha. No. Narayana Parayana. Putting the Gita verse in the box. Narayana Parayana. Kotisvapi, Sudulaba Prasanta. Kotisvapi, Mahamune. It says, those who are Narayana Parayana, whose life is Narayan. Hmm? They're very rare to find. Hmm? Narayana Parayana. Huh? What is it? Narayana. Muktanam Apisidhanam. Muktanam Apisidhanam. Liberated people are hard to find. Hmm? That's the non-theistic mystic with the experience of undifferentiated, indeterminate Conscious, they're rare to find, and uh, amongst siddhas, one whose life is Narayan, even rarer still. Hmm? Uh, so, what to speak of Krishna Parayana, hmm? Radha Parayana, Gaura Parayana, Das, we should name someone. This is uh, uh, very rare, but the rarity of this. Hmm? It would be a bad argument to say, well, you know, I haven't seen one. There aren't, you know, aren't many of them around. Let me know when you see one. As I've said before, it is the very aspiration of humanity in its best moments hmm? to be a saint, right? I mean, really, you know, to be, that would be like, wow, he's a saint. He did it. Hmm? Humanity gives the opportunity to transcend itself. It is that point that gray area in between animalism, animality and spirituality. In between, we call humanity. It's, we're called on both sides. And we know the call of the wild is not in our interest. Hmm? We kind of think, maybe would I like to be wild. We like, the, we like the wild creatures. We see, oh, there's an animal, look, and free. We get a sense of... The, Yes, there's this spontaneity and a freedom in, in the wild. Of course, it's not exactly like that, but, but what we're looking for, of course, is the freedom of the self hmm? that, um, that is found in, in spirituality. Mukti means freedom, liberation. Hmm? Um, but we won't find it in animality, but what we see in animality at a distance, it, it draws us to what we're actually interested in. But to actually lack the discrimination we find in the animal world and and the struggle and so forth and so forth. That we're, we're not interested in that. We don't want to be have a, an uncontrolled mind or no mind, hmm? just driven by our senses and so forth. So, um, so then hu- humanity is is often distinguished from the animal world as much as you, you move away from your animality. And as we move further, we go towards spirituality in the in the superhuman. He, you know, he's not. It's not human. 
to do that. What Ram did, for example, in Ram Leela. In human dress, but how could he be so righteous? It just, but, but that is the ideal. So, as I say, when we see this manifest in the character of a mystic, it really is a powerful statement. Um, and it makes somewhat credible what their report of their subjective internal experience is. We can't go in there and verify it, but then again, what is visible in their character is almost inhuman, or rather speak, superhuman. Hmm? You understand? And so it lends some credibility. Then again, hmm? their internal uh, experience um, has some what's called intersubjectivity. That means to say that there is subjective correspondence between one's internal experience and another's internal experience. This lends to credibility in the minds of those who want objective uh, proofs. Do you follow me? What I mean to say is, if I go inside and I say, uh, it's like this, it's a beer drinking party in there and it's great, you know, and somebody else goes and says, well, you know, God told me it was like this, and, you know, therefore, I'm going to kill black people, you know. And so they say, in this internal subjective experience of people, so-called of God and spirituality, we get the, all this discord of reports that are like at odds with one another. So there's no intersubjectivity of correspondence. Hmm? But in the mystics report, we find cross-culturally, whether they're a Christian mystic or Islamic mystic or Hindu mystic or Buddhist mystic, we find considerable intersubjectivity and correspondence. This serves as a, as a, as a body of somewhat objective evidence. So there's some credibility then is lent to their internal experience and their descriptions of it. For those who have to have the you know, objective evidence and so forth. And, and what did they say? This is a, another point, of course. What do they say is their internal experience so far-fetched that it's hard for us to believe in? Well, they say, I experienced I was eternal. <laughs> Great, well, you, we'll see it when you don't die, buddy. Hmm? I believe that when you don't die. I experienced that consciousness was independent of matter. Well, let me hit you over the head and see how conscious you remain, and so forth. You know, this, would be <laughs> this is the kind of crude uh, replies we get from um, you know, the, the, the worldly, physical-based uh, side and so forth. But that is to misunderstand what's being said. We say that we have, mystic will say, we say that we have, there is a body-mind interface between consciousness and the world. Hmm? And we have a personality which is based on experiences of the external world, whatever it is, hmm? filtered through the body-mind interface hmm? and, and uh, in the middle and consciousness on the other side. Matter, the body-mind, which is part of it, but in a particular combination, brain, 
mind, I should say, interface, and there's experience in there hmm, um, that uh, comes with that makes us, you know, so to speak, materially who we are and so forth. But but what we're saying at the on-go, which is reasonable, that consciousness is not the, in the brain. It's not a physical thing. Hmm? So when somebody goes in internally, mystically, and uh, through mysticism, through a particular discipline, and says, I experienced that I was eternal, it's not really a stretch at all. Hmm? Because if consciousness is, is non-physical, which is a reasonable proposal, hmm, um, then it would have to be eternal because it would not be subject to time hmm, as all physical things are in space. So that he says, I found that I was eternal. Well, you were supposed to find that out. That makes sense. That's reasonable. Hmm? Um, of course, the, the implication here is that the b- body-mind complex is a biological, psychological manifestation has a different ontology than consciousness altogether. Hmm? Um, so the rules of one don't necessarily apply to the other. And yes, the body will die. We know that. But that brain-mind complex is just the interface of consciousness. Consciousness animates it, makes it what it is, the interface that it is, and so forth. So its demise has nothing to do with with the demise of consciousness any more than turning out the light bulb, unscrewing the light bulb here, does away with electricity. Hmm? Light bulb is the interface for electricity to shed light. If I turn it, if I unplug it here, or I turn off the switch here, it doesn't mean electricity's disappeared. Hmm? Try to understand the point. Consciousness is existence. That's what it is. The experience that I exist is is is, is what consciousness is. So, non-existence is, well, non-existent. <laughs> So, <laughs> so existence exists. Hmm? It doesn't non-exist. Hmm. So, for me to say that I experienced I was eternal, uh, it, it doesn't. It's not such a stretch. Hmm? We, we would expect that. Hmm? For me to say that I experienced a kind of knowing that nothing I learned in school, whether at the university on the street compares to a kind of knowing that that was comprehensive that for lack of a better word I call it enlightenment a light went on like no other light of insight ever before and it dissipated entirely the darkness I have no doubts anymore I'm no longer lingering in the shadows as to what to do and where to go. Indeed, I don't need to do anything or go anywhere. Hmm? That would be, somebody's figured it out. (laughs) Because we were running around here and there to figure it out Hmm? so that we can be peaceful, so that we can be content. And how content are you if you don't have to move? You have no necessity to go anywhere, to do anything. There's the old English saying from the 50s, you know, don't just sit there, do something. And then there's the saying in more in our times, don't just do something, try sitting there. Hmm. It's more of a challenge, actually. How well you have done things determines 
how long you can sit. Hmm? If the things you've done have actually made you, fulfilled you, then you can sit and say, I've done it, I'm fulfilled, I've accomplished. Hmm? People do this sometimes, to some extent, materially, but the, the level that we're talking about of the mystic is, so, is incredible. So for him to say, I, I, re, I experienced a knowing that makes all other knowing look like ignorance in comparison. Hmm? And then he says, and I also experienced love like I've never experienced it before. Hmm? Why do we love? As I've always said, we love because we've extended ourself into another. Hmm? My friend, my boyfriend, my husband, my girlfriend, my daughter, that my is the way we express the fact that consciousness has extended itself to identify with another and hmm, and I'm in there, so I love hmm, something like that. This is a kind of a basic idea. Jiva Goswami says, the Atma is the object of love, therefore the Atmaram, the self-satisfied one. Hmm. Again, knowing perfectly means to become perfectly happy. Hmm? So he says, I experienced happiness, joy, boundless, indeterminate happiness. I experienced self-love, what it means to be an Atma. Hmm? I, I contacted that which is the basis of love in this world. Hmm? In other words, I don't really love things, but I love what I might do with things. Hmm? Might call them mine and make them meaningful to me and so forth. Hmm? Otherwise, what's lovable in matter? It can't reciprocate. I bring it alive and kind of like looks like it reciprocates because I turn on the car and I press the wheel and it goes. I like my car, <laughs> but, but really it's just a dead thing and I've animated it. Hmm? Because I've animated it, it it, it 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 has things that if I do it will go, but without me turning the key, that's not happening. Hmm? So love is reciprocal in a sense. So we reciprocate. We, we appear to be re- having a reciprocal relationship with matter, but it's only with ourself, only with consciousness, really. So self is a, is a, is a lovable object really in the world. And so he, the mystic, she experiences the self, the atma. And he and and she says, "I experienced that I am consciousness and I am sat chit ananda." When they say that, so, that sounds weird. Okay, let's put it in English. I experienced that I am a unit of e- eternal existence, comprehensive knowing, and and full bound, and boundless love. Hmm? I'm a unit of that. Now. That internal report, right, report of one's internal experience, if we look at it in terms of the, the everyday world of our experience, the material world, well, is it such a far-fetched report when indeed it's impossible to be, to exist, to have a sense of that I exist without consciousness. Consciousness is the basis of my sense that I exist. So I'm already saying materially 
consciousness is existence. I mean, I'm looking at a material existence where I'm focusing myself on matter, but without consciousness, there's no experience of existence. And there's no knowing without consciousness in this world either. And there's no feeling without consciousness. Loving means feeling. So even materially speaking, if we were to say consciousness is part of the brain, it's in there somewhere, we'll figure it out, um, we would still have to say it's the basis of feeling that I exist, it's the basis of all knowing, it's the basis of all feeling. So for me to go into a trance and come back and say, I experience that I'm being, knowing, and feeling is not so much of a... We would expect that. Hmm? And I'm experiencing it to a large extent independent of that brain-mind interface which is being... which is... which is the ego is composed of, the material ego, I, I'm just dis- dissecting that. Hmm? Now, I still have a brain-mind, but the actual ego that's produced from that... Hmm? is being destroyed. Hmm? And we can see that in the character of a person and so forth. So, anyway, the mystic's report, as I'm saying, is not so far, um, far-fetched. far It's quite the internal, which we can't go and experience you know, ourselves without doing it. Nobody wants, not too many people want to do that. Um, it, it's quite um, uh, reasonable. And across the board, it is in different culture, the same reports are coming in. Hmm? So it's a, it's a very uh, credible and, and considerable um, evidence that is something not, certainly not just to be dismissed as to the nature of consciousness, so that the non-theistic mystic hmm, gives these kind of reports hmm, of his experience, something like we would call Brahman or Nirvana. Hmm? Um, undifferentiated consciousness, the ground of being. Hmm? Um, now, the theistic mystic will give further reports. The theistic mystic approaches the matter of exploring consciousness differently. Hmm? His is not a getting away from the brain-mind interface because it's troublesome, that forms the ego, and problematic that makes me attached to things and running here and there and so forth. I just want to end it, end it, and be peaceful. Mind and senses are causing me to run here, there, and everywhere. I want to be peaceful. I want to sit, shanti, shanti, shanti. So turn it off. Sarvadhanam pritya Stop all the, the karma, all the action. Cease from acting. Take shelter of Krishna. Be peaceful. What does Krishna mean, of course, to them? Hmm? There are different ways to think of Krishna hmm? that are valid. Hmm? The theistic mystic, of course, wants to go on from there, we should say. The theistic, and we'll come back to this, because this is where we're going with the Ramananda's um, answers to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The non-theistic mystic. Hmm? What is his experience? But... Um, from the theistic point of view, of course, just to continue the discussion, he, he or she starts to report other things as well. But his or her approach to exploring the nature of consciousness is different because it starts with exploring the world 
and seeing, well, okay, consciousness is, is causal, it has an influence on the, on the physical world, okay? And um, so it's the driver, the moving force, the animating principle, and what it's driven by is the pursuit of love. Hmm? It's driven by the pursuit of love. So it thinks that it, 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 that this is really the kind of the purpose of consciousness. And it exists, and it knows, because it loves. You could exist and not know, or you could exist and know and not love, but you cannot love and not know and exist. Hmm? So he... he, he, he or she identifies that, that, that it's a love-driven thing, this consciousness. It's love-driven. Hmm? And it really only knows and exists because it has to do that in order to love. Hmm? So it's, it's, he, he seeks the, the love kind of aspect or element of consciousness and fashions an approach to exploring consciousness from that um, vantage point. Hmm? And approaching consciousness in that way then the, that universal mind, if you will, or the field, the ground of being, reciprocates in a particular way, responds in a particular way, differently than it does to the jnani. Hmm? It responds differently. He wants something else. He wants peace. He wants to end the struggle. Hmm? The devotee doesn't mind continuing the struggle. Hmm? And love is a struggle, too. <laughs> It, it's it's movement. It's it's not just peace. Hmm? It's a it's a struggle that you 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 don't want to give up. Hmm? So he has a different approach, and he gets a different response. Hmm? He gets a response to just like just like if a child hmm, loves the father, hmm, he causes the father to take and make an appearance appear in a form that works for him. Even if it means the father gets down on his hands and legs and says, I'm a horse. <laughs> okay, I'm a horse. <laughs> Get on. Hmm? So, <laughs> so the idea that that, we're talking about consciousness here, it's not ruled, it's on different ontology, it's not ruled by the same laws that matter is ruled by. It has its own rules. And what's impossible and illogical from the material point of view, the ontology of matter, doesn't apply. Hmm? So it can show, it can show different faces, hmm? reciprocating with, with the love that the, with, with which, by which the, devote, the wise love with, by which the devotee approaches. Hmm? And that interface, body-mind interface, brain-mind interface that gives us a material personality that's taken off like the Gani wants doesn't really have to be a person just be aware <sighs> peaceful shanti shanti but in bhakti there's a consciousness constituted interface in fact that's what bhakti is bhakti is the essence of the sarup shakti not the maya shakti that the brain-mind is constituted of. It's our interface to the material world. It gives us a material personality. Hmm? It gives us a material personality because it gives us an opportunity to express what we are. We are quali- experiences of, 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 you know, we, we, are, we do have the capacity to apprehend 
as a soul to have qualitative experiences, uh, to express uh, our will. But we have to have something in relation to it to do that. Hmm? So when we say that the material world is the basis of our spirituality, our, our personality, it's only like part of it. It's some ingredients that we, because we are what we are as a unit of consciousness, that's possible. Hmm? We can turn it in, ourselves into a material personality, so to speak. So on the other side, then, you take off that, and the devotee takes off that brain-mind interface of matter by way of putting on a consciousness-constituted interface that, that is bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti is the sarup shakti, maya is the maya shakti, matter is the maya shakti. Hmm? And so rather than ending up in, a, in between, a kind of no-man's land, hmm, and just being, hmm, and loving to be, hmm, and knowing that I be, that I exist, and so forth, the devotee has, an, it has, a, has a, arguably a more developed experience of consciousness. It experiences the loving aspect of the, our consciousness source that requires knowing and being in order to love rather than just the being aspect. And it's beautifully and poetically uh, described that being aspect as the halo of Bhagawan. Brahman is the halo, the aura of Bhagawan, undifferentiated conscious, consciousness. He is then concentrated consciousness with, and, and again, he gets down on his hands and legs and says, I'm a horse, I'm a tortoise, I'm a fish. Um, you know, I'm a man, half man, I'm half lion, I can do that too. Hmm? Whatever works according to your bhakti. Hmm? And so there are the dasabhatar and there are asankhyabhatar. Hmm? The third canto, third chapter of the first canto of the Bhagavatam speaks about the avatars, this one, that one. Kurma, Braha, Nisringha, Vamana, hmm? Ram. And then it says, and they are Asankhya, like waves on the ocean, you cannot count them. Hmm? So many faces of God, and all corresponding with nuanced expressions of, 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 of Bhakti. Hmm? So when the mystic, theistic mystic, reports there's more than just being knowing and, and, and loving yourself, loving to be. There's actually a full expression of love that's possible in transcendence. And then shapes come that correspond with that for making that possible. Hmm? Form need not be a limitation. I've often said, just like this cup is a form, but it doesn't limit me. It facilitates me in drinking the water. So, the spiritual form facilitates art as an idea without the canvas, right? And the brush and the paint, that's not, you can't take advantage of it. So these are shapes, constitutive of consciousness, that give shape to love. The expression of it in transcendence. And, there are many of them. And they're because they are asankhya means they're cross-cultural. Mm-hmm. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, commenting on the Gita, fourth chapter, what is the verse? 
Pritanaya Sadam Minashati Duskitam, Dharma Sam Sapanate, Sambhavam Yuge Yuge. Was the other one? Yadayava Hidanamasya, Glanu Bhavati Bharta, Bhutanama Dharma Satadatmanam Sujamyaham. These verses I come again and again, yuga after yuga, protect the devotees to establish Dharma. Bhaktivinoda says, and this doesn't mean only in India. Hmm? In other cultures, they also appear, Shaktivishas, and they teach the Dharma according to the people there, and so on and so forth. And so, so the different reporting hmm, from the theistic mystic hmm, is to be expected. Love is nuanced and varied and so forth. Now, at the same time, the different reporting of different theistic mystics, I experienced Ram, I experienced Krishna, I experienced Narayan, Om. I went, you know, I experienced Jesus and Jesus. It was great. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, it's all possible. Hmm? As they approach, I reciprocate accordingly. I have such capacity. Hmm? The idea that Krishna is the fountain of them all, well, we can reason about that too. Hmm? There's the whole argument of Rasaraj. And, and, so, and we find things in him that we don't find in other manifestations of divinity. Um, opportunities that, uh, uh, of love that, that constitute an intimacy that we don't fa- find elsewhere. And also the, the majestic love is also possible in relation to him. So... This is, of course, the Goswami's argument for Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. But my point is that these different reports hmm, are not a reason for dismissal. Indeed, they do constitute some intersubjectivity or correspondence. Hmm? Hmm? Because the reports are also arising out of the ego-effacing the effacing of that mind-brain interface and, and, and ego, the, the dying of that, it's not just anybody says, I experienced God, this is what he told me. Hmm? But the same thing, in other words, that that makes the non-theistic mystics report credible is included in the theistic mystics report, subjective report. That's all there. Hmm? And what we're all we're doing is we're playing out well, what are the implications of those things, especially that consciousness is loving. If it's eternal being, comprehensive knowing, it's the basis of knowing and the basis of loving. When you pay love, that speaks of variety. Love requires two. Hmm? It's recipro- reciprocity. Hmm? Reciprocal dealings is how do you define? It's difficult to define love. Your definition of love is rather different and dull. Uh, if it, the extent to which it doesn't re- involve um, reciprocal dealings, hmm? so what 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 we what they're reporting is the spice that is you know the variety of the world of consciousness. And this variety does not compromise the unity hmm? like it does here. Hmm? It gets in the way. We argue with one another and so forth. So, we have the theistic mystics and the non-theistic mystics. And here, the Gita verse that we ended on, 
uh, in our last discussion that is cited by Ramananda that Mahaprabhu rejects is cited with a view to speak about the non-theistic or the partially theistic uh, mystic's experience. That is another thing when I say partially. Because we say, while there may be a non-theistic, I don't mean an atheistic, I mean a not fully developed theistic idea because Brahman is God. Hmm? Bhagavatam says, Brahmiti, Paramatmiti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdute, Vadanti Tat Tatvidas, Tatvayagyanamadvayam. Vadanti Tat Tatvidas. Wise people, the wise ones, it said, the wise ones say, Vadanti Tat Tatvidas, that the truth is Advagyan, non-dual. Hmm? But that it appears variously as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagwan. Hmm? Relative to, the implication is, different approaches to that non-dual substance. Hmm? Brahman is included. Take note. Hmm? Entering into Brahman is, is not our ambition, but it's no small thing. And just like entering the Vaikuntha, just like entering the Goloka, entering into Brahman is final. From there, there is no return. In the 12th chapter of the Gita, also Krishna says, Arjuna asked the question, what's better, to be your devotee or to meditate on the unmanifest, nirvishesh, uh, indeterminate, absolute. And Krishna acknowledges both, hmm? and he identifies both as me. Hmm? It's really that and me. Hmm? That and me. Oh, my halo and me. Hmm? You want my halo? You can have that if you want, or you can have me. But my halo is also me too. I mean, if you really want to get get down to it, hmm? this is my hand. This is my body. Both are true, right? I can say this is my hand, and distinguish it from my body, or I could say, "You touched my hand. You touched my body. Why did you touch my body? Touch it again." <laughs> <laughs> so, so the halo of Krishna, the aura, Brahman, that's him also. Hmm? That is a particular expression of himself. Hmm? And approach with that in mind, hmm? then you can have it with a little bit of bhakti. Hmm? Therefore, what uh, Ramananda Roy has intended by citing this verse is that uh, that jnan mishra bhakti this should be the the goal and the and the, the practice jnan mishra bhakti and its its goal hmm? merging into brahman this is what he means hmm? we, we we there was there was karma mishra bhakti karma mixed with a little bhakti you were doing your prescribed duties and offered them to God, or doing anything and offering it to God. Hmm? 
right? The activity, so those are the karma. So give up the karma. Hmm? Sannyas, Savadharma, Pratyaja. Hmm? Now we come to, 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 to Gyan. Hmm? And karma is ignorance. It's based on attachment to things. Hmm? And it's bondage, darkness, shackles of karma. Gyan, now that's within the Maya Shakti, but it's, but it's the illuminating aspect of the Maya Shakti. Sattva. Hmm? Sattva. So in sattva we get some clarity as to what is the difference between matter and spirit. Hmm? So one coming to sattva, to gyan, hmm? with a little bit of bhakti, hmm? because it's very clearly said in the scriptures, you cannot get the fruits of karma without some bhakti. Therefore, in Varnashram, there's some kind of bhakti. He said it's not uttam bhakti. But you got to like Vishnu because if you don't like Vishnu, you won't get what you want. Right? So I said, you put the picture of Prabhupada in your shop. Everybody will come there. Hmm? I like Prabhupada. What you really like is people coming to your shop who like Prabhupada. And so, you know, if you put this picture there, people will come and buy things from me. So That's my devotion to Prabhupada. I put the picture there in, the, in India. I put the picture and put some sandalwood paste on it. I like Prabhupada. What do you really say? I like you to buy from my shop, and you like Prabhupada. Hmm? So it's some devotion to Prabhupada, I mean, you put the picture there. <laughs> and it works, so he likes him even more. <laughs> so some kind of, you know, like, and therefore, Varnashram works. Hmm? Is the idea. Hmm? <laughs> and similarly in Gyan, hmm? it will work. Hmm? You will get, you will get Gyan, with a little bit of bhakti. You have to have a little bit of bhakti. Hmm? Hmm? Sattviki bhakti means some little portion, if you will, of the Ladini Shakti manifests in the jnana. Hmm? It makes the whole thing work. It's not like bhakti becomes sattvic only, but it manifests within the sattvaguna, within hmm? jnana, and gives the fruits of jnana. So, yeah, the implications, why not just do bhakti, of course. But anyway, the jnani is doing gyan, and so he, 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 he gives up karma, he takes shelter of Krishna, and to him Krishna means Brahman. I want to attain Brahman. I want to, I want to be in a way that's not painful. I want to be in existence that I can really like. I want to love it. It means I don't want it to end. I don't want it to be full of the sorrows of, of material existence. And I will call the absence of all those sorrows and pains joy. That will be the ananda of the self and of Brahman. It's huge in one sense compared to the sorrows the relief, imagine if all sorrows ended for you, you think, that's pretty good, I'll, I'll stop there, that's pretty good, I can't get better than that. Bhakti says, oh, you get way better than that. Hmm? Just ending sorrow, that's not the whole of joy. No, there's much more to be had than that. If Rupa Goswami says, if you could take a 
particle of Brahman and multiply it a trillion fold. If you could, if you take the whole of Brahman, hmm, the bliss of Brahman or the bliss of the Atma, slightly different, but, and and you could multiply it a trillion fold, it would not compare to a tiny atomic particle of the bliss of praying, samdranatma, hmm, of praying. I mean, these are just words and ways of... But he, he's saying something very heavy, <laughs> if you want to be happy. <laughs> because after all, without a little bhakti, you can't get that Brahman. Hmm? Whether you have all bhakti. Hmm? What, 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 what happiness... When, 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 if you come to the ground of being and it's still and it's peaceful... Hmm? And then it starts to move in a way that's different from the movement in the material world. It was troublesome. It's like, wow, this is really interesting now. That which is everywhere is moving and dancing and there's play. This is just so different. It's like the difference from being asleep and being awake. You could be happy when you're asleep. Ah, God, turn it off. So I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to sleep. You wake up and feel, that was good. I felt good. I rested well. Hmm? But now you want to get up and have a good day <laughs> so that you don't want to go to bed at night because it's more fun staying up. Hmm? Such possibility exists. Hmm? So, this is in bhakti. Huh? Uh, it's it's kind of like hmm, you're in a room in Gyan, in, in Brahman, it's peaceful. Hmm? But the lights are off. So you don't know there's anybody else there. Hmm? It's all one. Bhakti means turn the light on. Whoa! There's something going on here that possibly here. There's in the possibility of interaction and so forth. So, but the, but the, but a little bit of bhakti necessary. Hmm? So, uh, what Ramananda Roy will cite, he needs to cite a verse now. He says, well, better than giving up the Dharma, hmm? Sarva Dharma Pritya which you rejected, I say, Gyan Mishra Bhakti. Now, bhakti is, the word bhakti is now used. Hmm? For the first time. Mishra means mixed. Mix your gyan. Gyan means bairagya. Gyan bairagya. Gyan bairagya. Hmm? You do two sides of the same coin. If you have gyan, you do bairagya. Bairagya means giving up, detachment. In other words, hmm? ignorance means attachment. Ignorance means attachment. Does that make more sense to you? All right. Ignorance means attachment. Gyan means no attachment. Hmm? If you know then you don't pursue enduring life and happiness in relation to things that don't endure and are the source of sorrow. Hmm? So detachment by ragya corresponds with gyan. Again, sannyasas is giving up, giving up. This is the knowledge of it. Hmm? So he says, gyan, mix the giving up with some bhakti. Hmm? Gyan mishra bhakti. Hmm? Now, Gyan Mishra Bhakti is one thing. Bhakti Mishra Gyan, that's another thing. 
We'll get to that. Karma Mishra Bhakti is one thing. Bhakti Mishra Karma is another thing. In other words, to mix some bhakti with karma, to mix some bhakti with jnana, will give you certain results. If you mix some jnana with bhakti, some karma with bhakti, you'll get different results, better results. Hmm? But if you just have unmixed bhakti, hmm? ananya bhakti, then that is certainly, arguably, the best. But here, as we begin to talk about bhakti, which is what this really conversation, as you'll see, will be all about, hmm? mixing some bhakti with jnana, Hmm? So he cites a verse from Gita. What does he say? Brahmabhuta prasannatma naso chatina kankshati samasarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktim labhate param. This has some internal reporting. Hmm? What we were talking about earlier. Hmm? The jnani has some internal experience. What is it? What's going on inside? that non-theistic or partially theistic, I mean, theist, by theism I mean Bhagwan. Hmm? By Brahman I mean, yeah, you know, he's God, but it's the aura of God and it's not the full, full face. I don't mean atheistic, I said non-theistic. I should say maybe half partial theistic. Anyway, he, he the, the internal reporting, Brahma Bhutta Prasannatma Nasotati this is the internal report he gives. He says, Prasanatma, I, 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 found, I, I found purity. Prasanatma means pure. Prabhupada translates it also as boundless happiness. Hmm? I, I experienced myself purely without any mix of, of matter. Hmm? And it was, it was joyful. Hmm? Uh, Brahma Bhuta. It means I'm like it's like, like, like Brahman. I experience that I'm like Brahman. This is more or less a, a report of the Jivan Mukta. He is experiencing the self hmm? by high, high, high degree of of sattva hmm? and a little bhakti. The scriptures are clear. You need a little bhakti. Shreyam Shritim. What is it? Shreyam Shatim Bhakti. Shreyam Shatim Bhakti. What is it? Where's from Brahmas? Shreyam Shatim Bhakti. It says, anyway, without Bhakti, those who pursue Gyan alone with no Bhakti, they their work is like beating the husk, an empty rice husk. No rice comes out. They don't get anything from it. It's a, it's a fruitless labor. Yan unto itself. Some, many, many statements, anyway. Bhakti is required. So, he has a little bhakti. And he got... The experience Brahma Bhutta. It was Prasanatma. It was Nasotati, Nakankshati. It was characterized, I, he said, I characterized my experiences. Freedom from la- hankering and lamentation. I want nothing. <laughs> I must have something. 
that's pretty good. It's me, and I'm good. I love myself. I don't want anything. But I don't love myself, at least materially speaking, in a selfish way. It might be spiritually selfish, but I feel other people should have the same. I feel compassion towards them. I feel no hankering, no lamentation. This is in a nutshell material life. We hanker for things we don't have. We lament that they're gone when they leave us after we get them or that we can't get them. We're being torn, pulled by hankering and lamentation. Hankering and lamentation. And he says, then, so he has some compassion. And I see everyone the same. I see them in different dresses, but I see them. So I relate to them equally. Hmm? This equanimity, balance. I, I found the field of consciousness, the ground of being. I'm, 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 I'm that. Hmm? But then the interesting last line, the important last line is, Madhbhaktim Labhate Param. Krishna is saying, they come to this, they become jivan muktas. Jivan muktas means that in this body they become liberated. Almost. Hmm? The parabdha karma, the manifest karma, is playing itself out. When it's done, that's called death, and the jivan mukta enters into Brahman. Hmm? If they have a little bhakti. Hmm? So he says, Madhbhaktim Labhate Param. In that condition, they attain my bhakti. Hmm? And then, Abhajananti, what is the next one? What is the next verse? These two verses are connected. Ramananda said it just one. Brahma Bhutta Prasanatma. These Jivan Muktas, they attain bhakti hmm? to me. And therefore, they get the Sayuja that they want. They want to merge into my effulgence. Vishate Tadanantaram. Vishate means they enter into me. They enter into my effulgence or or Paramatma Sayuja, Brahma Sayuja, different types of Sayuja. This is what they want and come into the Brahma Buddha platform and not offending Bhakti and not offending Bhagwan. They get the desired result. It could be two results. Here he's speaking about one, Vishitetanantra, meaning entering into Brahman, Sauja. The other result is they become like Sukadev. They become like the Chatusan Kumaras. And they became they become they 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 come to Bhakti Rasa with some knowledge, Gyan of Bhagwan. Hmm? So when we say bhakti, this is, they, then they become, then they become, they come to, I want to say bhakti mishra gyan, their bhakti is mixed with some gyan. Hmm? Gyan here meaning knowledge of Bhagwan is Bhagwan, which is absent in Vrindavan. Hmm? But that's different than Gyan mixed with bhakti. You get sayuja from that, hmm? ultimately. Hmm? Um, so, this is the way in which 
Krishnadas, or excuse me, um, Vrindavandas is, is speaking about this verse. Vishwana Chakravarti explained there are four types of jnanis. Hmm? Because there's an important statement in the Bhagavatam, the second chapter of the tenth canto, the demigods are praying, Krishna's about to take birth. Among other things, they say, Aruya, what is it? Yenye Ravindaksha Vimuktamanina. Yenye Ravindaksha Vimuktamanina. Asad Babas. Abhishuddha Buddha. Yenye Ravindaksha Vimuktamanina. Tvasta Babat Abhishuddha Bhava. Um, that Aruya Kuchena Parama Padam Tata Patanti Adho Nadatriushmarangaya. It says Jnanis fall down from their idea of mukti. I said entering the Brahman there's no falling down, right? Hmm? This verse says they fall down. So what is the explanation? The explanation is that yenye, there are some people, yenye rabindaksha vimuktamanina. They think that they are liberated. Vimuktamanina. Hmm? But asta bhavad, they don't have any bhav. They don't have any feeling, that means for Bhagwan. And therefore, their intelligence is is vishud. This means impure, not pure, not shuddha. Hmm? Hmm? And ariya kuchjana, kuchjana means like with great effort they control their mind and their senses. You see the nature of this path? It's very ascending. Everything we've talked about so far is ascending. By doing, I will make progress. By knowing, I will make progress. In the renunciation that is part of knowing, the exercise of, of giving up detachment. So what this is effort-based. Hmm? This is called aroha panta, not avaroha. Aroha means ascending way. I'm climbing my way up. Avaroha means it's coming from up to down. Because of that grace, I'm going up. That comes next. Hmm? This is, this, this gyan misra bhakti means there's effort, and the effort is effort to control the mind, control the senses, to be still, and so forth. Hmm? Because some people, some jivan muktas, hmm? although they got the jivan mukta by little bhakti, they think, now I'm liberated, hmm? so I, I give up jnana and give up bhakti. I'll enter into Brahman. Because they offend bhakti, this verse says, they go down. Again, seeds of desire spring in their heart and they take birth again. Hmm? Or another type of jnani, hmm? he does bhakti to Bhagawan to attain his position, but he thinks that Bhagawan's form is not eternal and he makes offense to Bhagawan. That jnani also cannot attain his desired goal. But the jnani who wants sayuja <coughs> and uh, embraces bhakti, hmm? the little bit of bhakti to get to the jivan mukta point, then 
is graced with more bhakti, embraces it for that end, he can attain Sadhguru. Hmm? This is the kind of person that's that is being uh, discussed here uh, by uh, presented by Ramananda to Chaitanya He says that is external too. Hmm? I'm not interested in that. Why is that external? You think, well, he's liberated. I mean, that's pretty internal. Hmm? Because there's, because the, 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 the sarup, the characteristic, the nature uh, of the jiva as a servant hmm, doesn't come out in Brahma Suji. There's no rasa there. Hmm? And this is what Mahaprabhu is interested in. Love. He's a he's a love-based theistic mystic. Hmm? He's a theistic mystic to the full. So he says, this is external. This is has something about the atma and something about consciousness. But the, what consciousness is really all about, you got to turn lights on in that room, and you see, you just like, you know, just got a just a barely an understanding of what's going on there. You're in the middle of the party and you don't know it. You're just sitting down. So, therefore, Mahaprabhu says, this is also external. I reject it. <laughs> so, what's the time now? Okay, any question? Yeah. I was just wondering what um, Krishna Karma uh, Arpanam. How, how does that relate to Jiva Goswami's definition? Bhakti and where you offer that something becomes bhakti by offering. Yeah, well, see, that's a different thing. You know, karma is one thing, but then there's also bhakti, and devotees have devotees may also have material desires. That doesn't mean that they're um, karma measure bhakti. It means they're bhakti. They still have some desires, but they're bhaktas. They actually give themselves to Bhagwan. That's their practice. I, Chanting Hare Krishna, give myself. So that's a whole different orientation. Bhakti orientation is a different orientation than the karma orientation. Even if the karma orientation involves giving up the, the fruits of one's activity, hmm? well, a rope siddha bhakti is like something like growing flowers is not bhakti. But if you grow flowers to offer to Krishna, then the activity becomes bhakti. Something like that. Hmm? What else? A lot of the prayers for um, deity worship at the end of the day, they, they sound very much like this Krishna Karmarka Like some of the prayers that you say about putting the deities to rest with um, whatever I've done inside the house, outside the house, with my you know, mind, body, genitals, I often think the Supreme Lord. You know. So how do you think, how do you think about those verses? Do they, they sound like like what you were speaking of, like that Mahaprabhu rejected that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, putting the deity stress, there's a verse like that, and there's a verse that's given that, you know, one should recite before going, going to bed oneself. And it seemed very much in that vein. So well, there's some similarity, I suppose, between... But the basic difference between Karmapanam and Bhakti is I offer myself, I, be, I, res, I am aspiring to be the slave of Bhagwan. I'm not aspiring to be anything else and give what I do to Bhagawan and get some, I might be giving what I do to Bhagawan to get 
gyan, to get liberation. Hmm? I, I'm aspiring to give myself to Bhagwan. I give my. I, this is my aspiration. I want to be the slave of, of God. That's the basic difference between karmarpanam and, and bhakti. Hmm? So, in the context of I'm a slave, I, I, I hope I haven't deviated from being a slave, and everything I've done is is, is an offering. This is my aspiration. Hmm? Um, that would be how I would. Uh, um, look at those prayers. That's a big difference, actually. Hmm? Who does karmapanam is not desiring to be the slave of Bhagwan hmm? and uh, necessarily enter his lila and have that uh, that kind of orientation. So someone who has that type of orientation wants raga bhakti may also have other desires pulling on him and so on and so forth. But he's not one of them because. His aspiration, his whole focus is different. And he wants, I suppose you could say, as a slave of God, that he prays that he, that he didn't, that some aspect of himself wasn't used otherwise. Something like that. What else? You can say he wants that plus... The plus is not there necessarily in karmarpanam. You can do karmarpanam for for gan, hmm? for mukti, for hmm? that may be your, your desire. Become a gani. Hmm? Yeah? Well, awareness is an aspect of consciousness. Without consciousness, you couldn't be aware. Look at the light, okay? The light is luminous, right? And it also illuminates the wall. Hmm? It's a subtle difference. It's luminous and illuminates the wall. So consciousness is like the light and it's illuminating the wall. It's like awareness. Hmm? It's an aspect of consciousness, that it, it it shows things. In other words, awareness. It, 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 it's an aspect of it. Hmm? It's not consciousness. Is not just perception, as often people think. When we, when we use the term, people think it's perception, awareness. I want to be more aware, hmm? more conscious. No, that's not exactly what we're talking about. Hmm? The consciousness is, 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 you could say consciousness is, con- is consciousness and it has consciousness. And so it has consciousness means it has awareness. Hmm? But it's not just awareness. In Advaita Vedanta, it's just awareness. But in, 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 in Bhakti Vedanta, it's, it's not just awareness. Awareness is, has no agency, no will. Hmm? No potential for a personality or anything. All these things are there, not in the Jivatma, from the Bhakti perspective. All right, we stop there. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Raji Gopal ki jai, Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Bhakti Vrindavan ki jai, Bhakti Vrindavan ki jai.